The Rigger Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Drzebski for East Coast Bias. Sunday's action recap and our favorite bets for Monday Night Football. Then on Tuesday, we got the Roster Diamond Show where I'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world. Plus, the East Coast Bias Boys will be back on Thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the NFL action. And then on Fridays, it's me back with Warren Sharp, deep diving into the analytics. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. You know, unless you're wearing Philly red or you're, you're a Philly, they don't like you. You know, and I love that. It's Philly, man. They, they hate you. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. As we record this, what are we, 30, 33 hours away from the Phillies beginning heart attack season, a.k.a. their 2023 championship run. To talk about it, we had to bring back our friends, James Seltzer, Jack Fritz, you know him from High Hopes, you know him from WIP. James has been, I hate, I hate to like make this joke because it's probably all year, but James has been up for like eight hours here already. <laughs> He's finishing his work day. I'm not going to ask you what time you woke up, uh, any of that. Just, just good to see you both, my friends. Uh, we're so happy to see you, buddy. We're, we're happy to be back. I remember we were on this pod to start the season. I said the Phillies were going to win the World Series this year. It didn't look that way for a while, but we're <laughs> back now. We finally made it back here. And uh, man, I like it almost feels we were just talking about it. It almost feels like it's basically just this whole season was getting back to here. Like we've just been waiting to get back to this moment to have that ballpark filled again during the playoffs. Like it's perfect, man. I can't wait. Well, and what I like is that, you know, uh, obviously people say, you know, football, uh, I would question that, well, but <laughs> yeah, I would too, but it's been so refreshing to see your like meltdown tweets yes. out of nowhere. It's like, so I just appreciate how invested in this Phillies team that you, and, and like, you just speak it to the fans. You are, you, know, you are a fan. You are a fan. People consider me thing. just like one of the guys. You know what I mean? That's often <laughs> how I'm described. Just I relate to anybody. Just man on the street. The guy, you know, the guy you're sitting next to the bar, you know, just yeah. talking fills, 
talking sports. That is generally how I'm described there. So I appreciate that. Now, Jack, do we have uh, how old is, is Walker now? What do we got? Yeah, so he's six months now. And he's basically, okay. like, again, we were talking about how, like, this feels like we just have been morphed back into last year all over again. But I didn't have, Walker wasn't here last year. So, like, that's definitely been a big change up. Um, a little different, yeah. Yeah, a little different. And hopefully he's not bad luck, obviously. But if they Ooh, lose, they, they, they better not lose to the Marlins. A lot of pressure on Walker Fritz yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Who, who has more pressure on them? Taiwan Walker or Walker Fritz? <laughs> hopefully it's Walker I mean, Fritz, because Taiwan yeah, Walker should Walker not be Fritz. near the playoff rotation. I trust Walker Fritz yeah. a lot more than I trust Taiwan Walker, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I would agree with that. All right. So here's what here's what I've done here. I mean, you everybody go listen to the High Hopes pod. You guys just did a full finished recording, a big playoff preview type thing, right? So uh, here's what we're gonna do. So here's what we're gonna do. This is this old gimmick I like to bring out. I have come up with six questions slash topics slash prompts. You're just gonna pick a number, any number, and we're gonna go to that. We're not going in any specific order. We're not Love doing this. like I'm. I'm not a broadcast professional like you guys. I got to come up with gimmicks like this to keep the audience invested. I feel like I've hit on a bunch of the big Phillies topics uh, in this. Some of them you might say the number for the first one and go, "Why are we leading the show with this? Nobody cares." But listen, that's part of the gimmick. So that's what we're gonna do today. Do you, do you under? It's it's easy to understand, right? Yeah. If we couldn't understand that, I would be really concerned. <laughs> Well, you've always it. you've always been a big shtick guy. Yeah, so, oh, like, yeah, you, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Always very gimmicky with your breakdowns. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, all right, so let's go with uh, who, who wants to be first here. Seltzer can lead James, off. You, I will okay, go okay. first. I will pick the number four in honor of my four-year-old no. daughter. Oh, shout out to Zoe. There you go. Well, this is this is a good one because this is very specific to this Marlin series. So, who or what? makes you just a little bit nervous about this Marlins team. You know, maybe you're feeling confident. I don't know what your pick was, but you know, there's that little part of you inside that says, oh God, if this happens, that's going to really be an issue here. So while you think about that for a second, give the audience a little background. Marlins, 26th in runs scored this year, 33 and 13 in one score games this year, 20 games over 500 in one score games. Get out of here. Bottom half of the league in runs scored, home runs, Stolen bases, OBP, OPS, slugging, all that. Now, having said that, that just, you know, if you're like me, you're thinking it would really suck to lose to a team that I know is not good. So, James, go ahead. What makes you a little bit nervous about this Marlins team? Yeah, that it's the Marlins. That's pretty much it, Chill. You know, it's just that the the terror that has been the last decade of facing the Marlins, a Marlins team that always seems to be worse than us, always seems to be less talented and always finds ways to break our hearts and crush our souls on a consistent basis year to year. Look, I I am really trying to look at this series and say, the Phillies are way freaking better. Like, way better. Way more talented across the board. Top to bottom. Basically, every facet of the roster. They're better. But it's the Marlins. And, like, it, the crazy thing is, I honestly think if you had gone to everything, every single Phillies fan prior to the playoffs, and said, what team in the entire National League do you want to play the least? The vast majority would have said the Marlins, just because they're the freaking Marlins. So, like, I'm not scared of the Marlins as a as a group of players, as the talent that they have. It's just that, that there's something weird with the Phillies and Marlins in the last few years. It seems like they've always been a, a kind of kryptonite for us. So, I'm not, I really am not super concerned. We are better. The Phillies are more talented. This Marlins team, to your point, that the stats you just read, like they're not a good baseball team. They're not. So my only fear is that they're the Marlins. Like that's it. I have no logic here. It's just that they're the Marlins. 
Well, I mean, the, the fear is the Marlins thing. You know, it's like it's like the, it's as simple as that. But I will say, for a player, Josh um, Bell. Josh Bell, yeah, Josh, Josh Bell, Bell does exist. Definitely Josh. Um, I don't care that he was on the Padres last year. Josh Bell being a Phillies killer forever, and then also putting on a Marlins jersey, yeah. it just takes it to a, a whole nother level. So uh, he worries me. And then Solaire, I mean, and Solaire's a former World Series MVP. Um, you know, he could go nuclear for three games here and make Citizens Bank Park feel even smaller than it usually is. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's been in big moments, never been afraid of him. Um, and he's the leadoff hitter. It's just so funny how you look at the leadoff hitters in the series and it's Kyle Schwarber and Jorge Soler. Like it's just, it's just perfect. Old school baseball fans, not a fan of this series. That's for sure. I was so much more comfortable last year when it was, I, I liked just going on ESPN and the athletic and oh, oh, everyone's picking against them. No one's giving them a chance. Yeah. This is where I'm going on FanDuel, looking at the odds. Oh yeah. What are these people talking about? They're just the expectation of sport that it, I like last year so much better when it was like, all right, Shil, no this is you. You are like a full on fanboy. I love this. That is the most <laughs> fan thing to say. Like, and I'm with you. It's so funny. It's like the thing that makes us nervous is that we're confident. What? That's crazy. Yeah, but that is what yeah. what we feel in Philadelphia. So I love. Welcome aboard. This is a beautiful thing to say. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the guys. Josh Bell hit 389. With an OPS over one against the Phillies this year. Of course, well, it's it just another year. Runs <laughs> Always in That's 10 so games. Uh, you could have said Phillies, that was so the yeah. stats against the Phillies for the last six years, yep. and I would have believed you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I didn't, I didn't go back that far. You know what? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a re, I'm a recent sample kind of guy here. Jack, all right, so there you go. I mean, yeah, I think that's the bottom line. They're like, there's no like, here's the re- here are the like baseball strategic reasons why the Marlins should beat the Phillies. It's like it's a three game series. You lose the first game. My gosh, we'll get to that in a second. How we're going to oh. be feeling going into game two. But it's a three-game series. Weird things happen. It's a team that's broke your heart in the well, past. But yeah, I didn't think we need more than that. Well, and it's also, I mean, it's also the sheer amount of lefties they have. So like, you know, obviously they have, they're starting two. So Braxton Garrett and, and Jesus Lazardo. Uh, but then they go Tanner Scott. They go Matt Moore. They go AJ Puck. They go, uh, there's one other lefty I'm thinking about that's not coming to mind right now. But like they have, um, oh, uh, Stephen Okert. Like, they have these just plethora of lefties. So, like, when you're batting, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Harper's batting fourth a lot this series so that when you get mm. late into the games. You got to split them up. You got the three batter rule. You got to separate them. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, maybe Bone bats third a lot and then Harper bats fourth. So, you get late in the games. It doesn't go Schwarber and then you yeah, have to rely you, yep. on Turner, um, which you should be. He's been one of the best players in baseball for a month and a half now. But um, if, if you can go Schwarber, Turner, Bone, Harper, so they can't just sit lefties. Uh, I think that's probably a smart strategy by Rob Thompson. There you go. All right. That's four. All right. Fritz, you're up. Fritz is the, I feel like I'm, I'm potting with Solak. Fritz just looking at his phone. You know, he's got to get back to the uh, text. The whole, <laughs> oh, listen, he looks like a student who got shot in class. Day, day. Welcome to my world. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but here's the thing. There's a reason he calls me like 50 years old when we do the pot all the time. Yes. I exactly. have the ability to lock attention. in at all times. There's three different conversations going on Look right you, now. This guy. Um, I will take question number five. Question number five. All right. After Wheeler and Nola, what does this look like? So this is more of a bigger pit. Like obviously it could happen with a third game here, but just the pitching rotation after Wheeler and Nola, what are the roles for these guys? Suarez, is he definitely uh, number three? Where's a Sanchez fit in? You mentioned a Taiwan Walker, uh, Michael Lorenzen, like all these guys who we've seen in the rotation all season long for better or worse. Where do they fit in into this playoff rotation? 
Well, I hope that Tyron Walker enjoys the Kyle Gibson role, where mm-hmm. unless it's a blowout, you're not pitching. Um, I, they, they've been so weird about the Taiwan thing that I could totally see him starting game three. Um, which would be a disaster, really? obviously. Game I, I don't three? think I don't really think so, but like they've been so matter of fact about like shutting some things down, keeping some things going. And like there's just been like the way they talked about him on the weekend, it was like he's a legitimate option. So I don't think he is. I'd be stunned if he actually started game three. Whatever. Um, but for me, obviously Wheeler Nola, I still trust Ranger. Like, that's not changing. The only thing with that is does he come out of the bullpen in one of the first two games and then is Chris Sanchez starting game three now mm. we just talked about this I like last year it made sense they didn't have the the like all he had last year pretty much was Alvarado and and Sir Anthony and, and like Eflin, and like Eflin <laughs> was in there whatever they have more options this year to where they don't have to bring Ranger out of the bullpen to, to, to fit him into some kind of spot so I would just leave it. I would not put Ranger in the bullpen. I wouldn't put Sanchez in the bullpen. I think it's going to go uh, Wheeler, Nola, Ranger. And then if they get past the series, I think Sanchez is in the rotation. I mean, he better be, right? I, look, I, when you look at it, it, I mean, Christopher Sanchez has been their second best pitcher this season. Like, period. Yeah. End of end of sentence. Like, he's been better than Nola. He's been better than Ranger. He's been way better than Taiwan. And look, we don't know how he's going to pitch in a big spot, obviously, but he does seem to have that kind of calm, cool demeanor that we, you know, Ranger has. We talked so much about how we trust a Ranger going to the playoffs last year because of the mentality, because of the heart beating slower and all that stuff. It Sanchez feels very similar in that way. And if nothing else, just pure meritocracy. All right. Best guys play. He's been the second best starter on this team. Boom. End of discussion, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. With with Taiwan, it's a Taiwan is the weird like. Sometimes you you root for an athlete, and it's like this person is not good. I don't trust them, but I like I like how they go about. But like he's oh, going I really up like there, him. totally. You know what I mean? With these terrible start, it's like the fourth inning. They're like he's at ninety five. You're like, oh, how is he at ninety five pitches again? This has happened like seven starts in a row. But then he like grinds it out and yep. like gets out of the jam, and he looks like mentally tough. And I'm like, at a guy Taiwan. He's so young. And then the next time he pitches, I I do the same thing over and over again, right? That's been like the last two months with him. No one better in baseball after allowing four than Tylen Walker. I mean, (laughs) he's unhittable. It's dude, it's so funny. It's so funny because everyone goes through the same emotions in a Tylen Walker start. First three innings, it's like this guy shouldn't be even allowed to to pitch a baseball ever again. Looks like a minor league guy. He's all over the place. And then all of a sudden, like if you just if you just went into a coma. For three innings, <laughs> it's like Taiwan's still out there in the seventh. And he's, he's allowed four runs, but he's still just kind of doing his thing. I have no, I can't explain what it is. Like, you know, they always taught. Well, the way I was taught growing up, and you're in the bullpen warming up for a start. Um, obviously, didn't take this to Bloomsburg, but um, was what I always did was my last, my last before when I was fully warmed up, I would make my last uh, before I left the bullpen was a fake at bat. So like how I would game plan, like what I want to do. Mm. And so that I know when first pitch started, I know what I feel like I have. And I just, it, it doesn't seem like there's a plan with them. It's like, just get out there, l- allow your four, and then and then you'll lock in. It's, there, I think there's something happening in the bullpen where he's just, he's just not locked in when the game starts. And, and it takes him a little bit to, to kind of feel the game out. He has an over 70 RA in the first inning this year, Shio. 7.04 in and the first inning. And feels every bit of that. <laughs> and, and to your point, like, I, I like the guy. Like, he seems like a really nice right. dude. I love how he, after every start, he's got to tweet out, thanks for picking me up, guys. And I like it. I like that he does that stuff. <laughs> but it's like, I, I can't see that guy in a, in a meaningful spot in a playoff game. I just can't. 
Where did his his record end this year? What do you have? Fifteen wins or something? <laughs> it's like fifteen and this five. Yeah. Fifteen and five. Dude, something like that. It's insane. First, first player in baseball to twelve wins. I mean, he just it was the, fifteen it, it was and the six best, this year. Weirdest the, one of the weirder seasons we've yeah. seen. Best argument against <laughs> wins yes. mattering was watching Tylen Walker yes. this year. All the all of us who have been saying that wins should not be a stat that people care about. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, we win. I agree with that. All right, let's take a little break here. We'll come back, get to the other four. And I'm going to have you guys make your uh, predictions here if, if, you're, uh, if you're able to do that, if you're not waiting to the last <laughs> no, we second. Can... All right, we'll be right back. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. See, whenever I do this gimmick, my only issue is I don't keep track of what we've gone through already. And when I'm doing like 10 of these, then mm-hmm. I get very confused. Six, well, we I should be able to five. look at. Five, four and five. It's not yeah. that hard, buddy. Come All on. Right. All right, go ahead. Seltzer, you're up. What do you got? Well, I mean, I can't believe we went this far and we didn't pick Bryce Harper. I'll take three. Three. All right. Four, four, four. I should have said I can't believe we went this long. And then big three, the number of championships the Phillies are about to have in a month. They're third. Mm, there you go. Two, Thank one, you, five. John Middleton. Yeah, All right. right. Yes, More likely right. to become a Phillies postseason hero. These are like the real under the radar guys. Like I'm Ooh. giving you two. Weston Wilson or Orion Kirkering. It's just a way to talk about these two guys and what their roles are. Fritz, you mentioned the whole lefty thing. I mean, is Weston, you know, I don't know, is Weston Wilson going to be in the lineup on Tuesday night? Let's let's uh, start with that with, with you guys, and then you can answer the question. He won't be in the lineup. He's, I think his uh, his his role is going to be right-handed, bat off the bench with some pop until he gets to the World Series, and Reese Hoskins is in that role. Um, <laughs> we just threw that in there yeah, just casually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my no postseason. That's my postseason hero. Uh, World Series MVP Reese Hoskins. Um, but yeah, I think he's strictly he's strictly going to be batting. You know, when it gets late, Finch hits. Yeah, like when when it gets late, like Marsh, I believe is batting 090 against under lefties 100. Yeah, in in the last little stretch here. So maybe if it's late, he's he has played left field before. Pache has been really struggling too. So right from an offense. So like, let's say I don't know, Okert's in the game, Tanner Scott, whatever. He gives you just such a better chance to to pop one than probably Marsh in that situation. Um, especially, I mean, like Jake Cave, obviously you don't want up against a lefty or on the team. Yeah. On the um, team, not on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I, I think he's strictly going to be a right-handed option and then they'll ride Marsh, I think for the first couple games. And if it becomes more and more of a thing, maybe then they put uh Weston in the field, but at least to open up against the Marlins first series, 
they're going to give Marsh a, a chance against lefties. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's why I think, look, and I think expecting a Ryan Kirkring, who is, again, you know, the stuff is awesome, but there's a kid who was in low A earlier this year, low A, and expecting him to come in and carry a load in the playoffs, I think is unfair. But he's nasty, man. And like, do I think this kid is good enough to go out and give you big innings? Yeah, I think he's talented enough. It seems like he has the demeanor. You know, that I know Rob Thompson's talked about that, about kind of how unflappable this kid has been so far and the opportunities he's been given. Obviously, the playoffs, a, a different ball of wax. But um, so, like, I don't think it's fair to, like, expect Kirkring to be a playoff star. But I think if you're talking about those two guys, I mean, Kirkring absolutely could. Like, his stuff is nasty enough where he could have some massive moments for this team, without a doubt. So, Jack, what's the scenario in these first two games where we see Kirkring in the game? Like, what's the... What's the situation in the game where you're like, all right, maybe they should get get him up, or you're not surprised when the the camera pans to the uh, bullpen and he's up there warming up, and you're not like totally surprised about it. I really think it's. I think they got to have a big lead. I, I still like. Okay, I, so you don't think he's coming in in any type of key spot. I th- I think they'll wait a little bit on that. I think they'll give Sir Anthony that that first shot, uh, and and Jeff Hoffman too. Like Jeff Hoffman. I mean, Jeff Hoffman should get yeah, the Jeff first Hoffman, first shot. Yeah, he should get the first shot. Jeff has been a beast, man. He's, yeah. been their best, he's been their best reliever. Jeff Hoffman has Incredible. been the best reliever on the team this year. So if, so. They, if, they're, if they're up one, up two, even up three, seventh, eighth, we know how the nine's going to go. Probably Alvarado at this mm-hmm. point, actually. Um, I think that's Hoffman. And anything earlier than that, I think is Sir Anthony. I, I think he's going to have to, I think he's going to have to earn it first. And if, if you're just asking me who I trust more right now, Sir Anthony or Kirkering, I'm still trusting Sir Anthony. Like, I, I think I think his stuff has started to play up a little bit more. He's gotten back to, like, trying to strike everyone out rather than being a command guy. Like, dude, you throw 98, 99. Like, you don't need to be a command guy. I know you want to you don't want to walk people, and that's great. But you also need to get people out. And he was allowing too much home runs, trying to be a command guy. Kirkering, I think, has a chance to be really special. But, um, it, like, he, he just has that, like, he keeps throwing the slider over and over and over again. Right. And while it's nasty... Like, if you could set that up with the fastball, like, set it up with something else so that they're not just sitting on it, because big leaguers are going to eventually catch up to it. So, um, you know, I, I, I love them. I love the stuff. I love the demeanor. But I think in a playoff series, it's a little bit early for, like, get him in a big spot. Mm-hmm. But of like, those two bl- guys, of those, you would agree, of Wes Wilson and Kirk Kirk has a shot, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. he's basically, like, he's in the Bilotti, he's in the Bilotti role yeah. last year. And Bilotti only pitched in Brogdon. Like, they pitched when... They were up by a ton, or you know, down and trying to save some innings. So I, I, I'd be surprised if he's a high leverage guy immediately. James, where are you on on Sir Anthony? I mean, last postseason it was just like I was just me, you know, you're just like, yes, he's coming in. This is gonna be so fun, to, you know. And then this year, so up and down. There, I felt like every other month, I'm talking myself into a stretch of all right, maybe he's coming back, and then he kind of goes backwards. What's kind of your confidence level? Because I think that's a big swing player for them going into this postseason. I think he's a massive swing player. It is the kind of guy where you know he. I mean, look, him and Alvarado were were the bullpen in the playoffs last year. Like those are the two yeah. guys that they counted on in big spots who who came in in, in the high leverage situations for them, and he was awesome. You know and. I so my I can't say my confidence level is super high with Sir Anthony right now because he has struggled and he has not looked like the guy we saw last season, really at any point this season. But he is someone who we've seen in the past, and even last year's playoffs. If if we remember heading into the playoffs, he was not pitching great heading into the playoffs. Playoff starts like that, like boom, like so. I do think that he is one of those guys who can kind of flip a switch and can kind of go from kind of struggling a little bit to. Oh wow, there he is. That that's their Anthony Awesome. 
And like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he does that in the playoffs. So to Jack's point, like, I definitely agree. You got to trust Sir Anthony more than you're trusting Kirkering right now heading in. But like, Sir Anthony has to flip that switch. Because if it's the Sir Anthony we've seen, you know, the, this season, the, the majority of this season, like, that's not going to be good enough. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. The, uh, the point about uh, Weston Wilson and the lefties, Lazardo uh, lefties batting 215 against him. That, that's uh, Tuesday night here. Marsh is batting 221 against lefties. And I mm-hmm. think I saw, I think it was Gelb had uh, his OPS against righties is almost 200 points higher than against lefties. And then to Pache, to your guy's point, hitting 071 since September 3rd in 34 plate appearances. So we'll see what they do there. All right, I'll be honest. You know, I think you guys picked the three worst ones on here first. And I like that. That's I, great. You know, I don't know about you. I like to finish strong. You know what I'm oh, more of a second half guy. Just like the Phillies are I mean? going to do this year yeah. where they didn't finish strong <laughs> last year and this year they're finishing strong. <laughs> there you go. By the way, uh, I think when we did the preseason, uh, I think the number was 88 and a half for yep. the, uh, we, so while, you know, while everyone else was celebrating the playoff appearance, I was, hey, one more win. Topper, oh, how many more, us. One, JT, how many more win? One more win. She, she, we got to we get over. Right there with you, dude. We had the same <laughs> conversations. And, and the hilarious thing is that, that it was the hangover game that they actually won to get the 89, right, which was the most unexpected one. And like, couldn't you have just seen them losing that and us sweating it out till yesterday and all of a sudden we're all watching a meaningless game on Sunday that <laughs> doesn't matter at all, being like, just please freaking win this game, please. That's right. Good team. And they win. got the 90. Great. They got, I'm, the, I'm which glad is they got nice. the 90. 90. 90 means a lot. Feels like, uh, all right, you're like a good baseball team. You won 90 games. Like, nice job. Yeah. Especially after that start, 90 wins. Good yeah. accomplishment. I was sweating there in early June. I'm going, what was I? Did I picked 94 wins. What was I thinking? Sweating yeah, in early June. I was sweating at one and five, Shield, in April. <laughs> like one and five. What's, what, what happened? What, how did this go wrong? All right. We got one, two, and six left here. What do you got? Uh, Who's I'll I don't even my, remember. I'll take Prince my Kyle up. Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber, leadoff role, number one. Boom. All right. Number one, this is a toughie. This could be the question that determines whether the Phillies are World Series champs or not. Wow, a lot of pressure on this question. What will we be saying about one man, Aaron Nola, at the end of this postseason run? Whenever this postseason run ends, you could tell me it's Wednesday, you could tell me it's a month from now. What will the conversation amongst Phillies fans be about one man, Aaron Nola? Nola. Brits, what do you got? Should we re-sign him because he just went on a run? Oh! <laughs> Should we re- is it, Do we really want to let Aaron Nola go? I think is going to be the conversation that we had. It, it'd do be perfect. you really believe that? I do. I do. Okay. I, 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 I think how he's looked the last couple starts is important. Also, I mean, dude, the Astros game last year, money. The Cardinals game last year, money. Like he's Braves had game at home, Braves game Strider at home. Game, yep. He was good, and then he he got tired out. Um, this year, I like how he's heading more into like he. I just the whole idea that he has a chance to rewrite his season and like end on a on such a high note. I mean, he talked after uh, they clinched, and he, you know, he's walking off the field yeah. like that could have been my last time. Like, there's just there's something about that with him. You know, he's pushed he pitches a ton of games. He's a top ten starter in Philly's history. Like, um, you know, I I think that. And maybe we're feeling the vibe setting in the playoffs, but like a possible, you know, good ending to the Aaron Nola saga here, or you know that he goes out, dominates, and and they and they bring him back. He's got to 
He is the single most important piece of this team heading into the postseason. Without a doubt. Like the, and that's not like a breaking news. Like they need their number two star to be good if they want to if they want to do this thing. Um, it's just no one has any idea what they're gonna get, and people don't totally trust him in big spots. And I get that, but like he's got a shot, and and how he's pitched in the last little bit here is giving me some hope heading into this series. He's the most confounding great player in Philly's history. I honestly, like in terms of my lifetime, I don't ever remember a player who you could go complete opposite ends on so consistently. And I, where I'm at right now, and and I, it's weird. I. Jack and I didn't really talk much about Nolan Arpod, but I'm, Smart. At, I'm actually with him. Good producing. Like, I actually, <laughs> you, I know. You, I mean, you I just actually, said it's the biggest. Yeah, I like yeah. that you say that's that's being a nice friend. You yeah. saved a little nugget. You know, we that's want right. everyone to listen we to High Hopes, back. but then you don't want to say, don't listen to Ringer's Philly that's special. Right. We just listen to High Hopes. Now you come on High Hopes and you get the NOLA take. That's I mean, that's we beautiful. We, we're, we're doing it for you, buddy. That's because we love you. <laughs> I'm actually with Jack. Like, I... And I did not... I honestly did wow. not... If you had asked me this question, I know it's because of the last two starts, but... Even let's say it had two good starts three weeks ago and you had asked me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that I, I have confidence going in, but there's something about it. And I think it, maybe it is just that it feels like it, we're doing it again. And it feels like we're back last year in the same spot, but he looks so good these last two starts and the stuff was crisp. And Jack talked about it. He was throwing with like conviction and, you know, he's uh, spotting his, his pitches and he like, I don't know. It's the first time all season I've been like, there he is, that guy. Like, I, I know that guy. And it does feel like in big spots, you know, he has come through for the most part on this team. And, you know, yeah, we feel like a big spot is a, a game in July to stop a losing streak. It's not. You know, it, it feels like in the moment it's not. And he blows those ones. But in terms of the real big spots, for the most part, he has come through. And, and to Jack's point, like, I, like we talked about a lot with Cassianos last year. And it's funny because he did it with a couple catches more than with the bat. But going into the playoffs, how he had this unique opportunity in front of him where he had had this miserable first season here after signing this big contract and he had a chance to to literally get rid of all of it we would all forget about all of it if he just had some moments in the playoffs and Nola has that chance now too coming off what has really been a a you know his worst season in a in a while as a Philly like it was this and the the weird 2020 year and all that stuff but he's been like he's been bad this year and he has a chance to to flip that no one will remember anything about the the regular season if he goes on a run here. Well, and and what I liked about the last couple starts is that there's been some moments where we all say to ourselves, here comes the Aaron Nola meltdown. You know, that game in Atlanta. Yeah. It was like, it was back-to-back innings with runners on base. and the fifth, the, and, they, which have been killing him. And it's like, yeah, he allowed a run, but but the, the Nola that we've seen all year allows four there. And he hasn't been able to stop the avalanche that comes with the, with the uh, you know, when these guys get runners on base and, and stuff. Base. So I think that... He, like for a for a pitcher to be like, all right, I was able to get through that. Now it's like, okay, let, let's build off of that. So, um, yeah, I just he's got a chance here, and he's been. I feel better about him than I than I remember feeling about Hamels heading into 09. Like I thought Hamels was just like done, like I and just, he was, and he didn't have it. Like I think Aaron Nola, like stuff starting to play back up and back in the mid nineties and all that. Good I stuff. think that's a good point. The one thing I'll say, I do think that like the situations need to play out the right way. Aaron Nola. Like I will fe- I am feeling very confident about an Aaron Nola. And if they can jump on Braxton Garrett and give him a bit of a lead, I'll feel that much better. But if I'm in that yeah. building on Wednesday and let's say they're down one nothing, and I think they're gonna win game one, but like let's say, let's say they lose game one to, to Lazardo and Nola's taking the hill with the season on the line <laughs> and that building gets tight, you know, because I do think the biggest advantage outside of just being a way better baseball team, the biggest, you know, outside advantage the Phillies have 
is the Marlins coming into this stadium and like they've never seen anything like they play in front of a morgue in Miami. Like no one goes to those games. They have never, they have not played in playoff games. Like they, the 2020, like that was not real. There were no fans in the stands. Like they have never stepped into anything like what Citizens Bank Park will be like. But that can change really freaking quick if it tightens up in there and our, and our playoff lives are on the line. And, and in that situation, my confidence in NOLA would shrink. So I do think there are situational spots where I, where I can backtrack on what I'm saying here, but I, I do feel more confident going in than I expected. Where were the, the Marlins clinched? They were just in Pittsburgh. Is that right? Yeah. Where were they? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. So I, I, w- I was looking for Marlins coverage. I'm like, who cut? Does anybody cover the Marlins? And so, you know, I did a little Google Marlins beat writer. I clicked on some and he's like, and the guy said, let's go Marlins chance break out in Pittsburgh. I go, no, no, I'm going to need some video evidence of that. Yeah, I do yeah, not no believe, Don't believe that. that there were any Let's Go Marlins chants happening at uh, PNC Park. There aren't Let's Go in Marlins Pittsburgh. chants in Florida. What are we talking <laughs> That's about? What I they said. don't even know they have a baseball. The one thing I do hate is that it is 20 years since 03. Oh, yeah. I don't which, like that. Which I don't. I yeah. do not appreciate. Yeah. Well, Josh Beckett's not. Mm. All right. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And Sandy's done. Like uh, the, the fact that they avoid Sandy. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That is that's obviously uh, James. The, the the scenario you laid out is you know because you guys have a whole brand. You're positive guys. You're you know so now you you have the ebbs and flows like everybody else throughout the course of a season. But generally, you err more on the positives. The the scenario you drew out there was that was on my notes. I am dreading a Wednesday night game mm-hmm. where they are down 0-1, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here to watch Aaron Nola pitch. I will just say that I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that. There, I've said this before. There have been games. There have been times this year where the Capadia family has said, "Should we go to Philly's game X this week? Who's pitching, Aaron Nola? <laughs> Let's just watch it at home. We'll go to a different game." It's been it's been decision, miserable yeah. to watch my It's been good. Yeah. All, all season long, uh, we've dreaded it. 4-4-6 ERA. But to your guys' points, last two starts, 12 and two-thirds, gave up three earned runs, struck out 16, no walks. No walks. Allowed First time all homer. year he's gone two starts in a row without giving up walks. So well, and, wow. and I also thought I also thought it was important what Topper said after the game, where he's like, I told Aaron, like, I trust you with everything I got. You know, and I think that. That little belief system, I think, does go a long way for for a guy like him. And only one home run, and it was like a hung pitch to Brian Reynolds. Yeah, when they I were, mean, now Brian Reynolds did crush that. He pitch, did. He but yes. the ball. Yes, but yes. yeah, no walks and only one home run. We uh, we take that. Yeah, I don't remember how I felt in uh, 09, because I'm old. I don't remember how I felt yesterday. But I think there's no chance I feel more confident in Nola than I did with Hamels coming off of 08, even how bad that season was. I pr- There was definitely a part of me that was like, he's just going to go back to that guy we saw last year. I trust him. And I would go even further. I mean, you guys said he could reshape how everyone looks at this season. I mean, this is a legacy. Legacy, like, yeah, his career. Weeks. Yeah. I mean, his whole career is viewed differently. If he comes through in these starts in whatever, three, four postseason series here, they win the I mean, we're talking about him completely differently. He's a legend. He'll life. be a legend. Yeah. He's a legend. Uh, and listen, Aaron, I, either way, I'll drive you to the airport. You, you're a postseason hero. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I'll thank you and I'll take you. You don't come through. I'll definitely help you back and we can be on our way. Not again, not taking away. You guys laid out the positives, everything he's done, but I don't God. think I need to see any more win or lose. Quite honestly. Delco Shield, baby. Delco <laughs> Shield. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. I mean, that was a, yeah. that was a take coming in. I didn't see it coming. It was yeah. out of nowhere. We're sitting there like, what? A, 
This could be beautiful, yeah. Baranola. It's like I'm driving him to the airport. Either way, no matter what happens, get him out of my town. With his World I'm Series MVP trophy. Yes, right. he'll, yeah. he'll have the World Series MVP trophy on his lap as you drive him to the airport <laughs> yeah. to go play for the Angels or whoever pays He's a him. cardinal. He's a cardinal. Yeah, he's a cardinal. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And that's right. Make yourself some money. You're already going to get paid, but make yourself some more money. Go well, on he certainly cost himself some earnings. this season. So, you know, make some of it back yeah. would be nice for him. Yeah, there you go. All right. We got two more left here. Two and six. Again, as you know, I don't remember who went where. You guys have to help me. You're the broadcast professional. I think Jack chose last time. So uh, okay. let's... Uh, Let's go with uh, two so that we can do one of them in the actual order that it's supposed to be done. There you go. Two. All right. So this one is from Naya. As you guys know, High Hopes is Naya's favorite podcast. Oh, I love her. Her dad records a podcast literally below her bedroom is up there. What's your favorite podcast? High Hopes. So she said, love you. I I said, hey, I'm having the High Hopes guys on this week. Can I be on? So no, we're not. A, we look like a house of Nepo babies. No, you can't be on. You gotta earn it. You gotta earn your podcast stripes, and then uh, wow. you can come on here. Which then she was trying to explain Nepo baby to my parents who are in the seventies. <laughs> that got very confusing. Uh, it was a whole thing with the Kabadis. But anyway, I did tell her. I, I did a compromise because it's her birthday yesterday. I said, "Listen, oh, give me happy one birthday. take." Thank you, thank you. I said, "Give me one take." And I'll include that on the pod. I'll share this. it with your boys, Selter and Fritz. And so uh, she was coming up with this. And so I framed it as a question, which is, how are we feeling about Craig Kimbrell? Ah, going see, into uh, not as the usual, not coming up with the important things to talk about. It's a great question. She's a great yeah. producer. Yeah. I mean, and she you, said, you might I mean, want to let her on the pod more often, I think. I feel like this is a bad decision <laughs> by you to shut her out. I don't know. <laughs> her take was she doesn't want to see Kimbrel in the playoffs. <laughs> Talk about Delco. Well, here, here's a quick. Here's a, she, I, I want to turn this around. You, who does the Capadias want to see in the playoffs? <laughs> you don't want to see Nola. I think you're like such a big fan, but you're like I don't like watching him. I don't like watching him. I don't want to see him anywhere near the team. Who's on the Everybody show? Capadia trust list. Listen, I'm Bryce not going to ask you about like Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber <laughs> and Bryson Stott. I'm good with these guys. Alvarado. Okay. We. Good. I'm good with all these guys. Like she. Good. She's wearing 46 and soccer for Jose Alvarado. Got to be the only person to ever choose 46 awesome. for a soccer team at 11 that. years old. That's for Alvarado, but she doesn't want him on the roster. She doesn't want him <laughs> in the playoffs. She says she has no confidence in him. Uh, he doesn't have it. Don't have him pitch in any high leverage situations. Uh, how much do you agree with her? How much do you say, settle down, Naya. It's going to be okay. Who's got this one? Uh, I am more in, I'm closer to agreeing with her yeah. than, than, than not agreeing <laughs> yes. with her. Uh, he's going to be on the roster, so I have to accept that. And he's going to pitch in some high leverage spots. So, so. the 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 only things about uh, Kimbrel that make well, there's a couple things that make me nervous. Um, one, he was left off the obviously the Dodgers playoff roster last year. That's been discussed. A lot of people don't talk about him not closing out many games for the Red Sox in, in eighteen. They brought in Chris Sale to win the World Series. Exactly, yeah. Evaldi they had to put in the bullpen. Like he, he has, he doesn't have a great great playoff postseason history. history. Yeah. So that's where I agree with her. And the other thing that's that's kind of frustrating is that he just said like i've been working on speeding up this week like hey craig oh my God. it's like we's had an entire year yeah. like this week so it's like hey i should probably work on getting hey, to the play playoffs quicker. are coming up i guess i should think about this yeah. huh? like, yes, i mean look if the fa- it's october you can't hold runners on base you can't hold runners on base in October oh because, like, well, and especially like if it gets late. So, like, John Birdie's a great steel guy for yes, the Marlins. Yes. I already know I'm going to hate him. I can already tell he's got he's. We're going to hate John Birdie at the end of this series. 
But if Kimbrel, like, it, it's something that has to be factored in when you get late in games of, like, can he hold if it's runners a run on? game, like, you almost can't put him in a, like, you can't put him in because if he's going to get a runner on, that runner's on third base. I mean, that's, it's a real issue. Look, I think from a, I think that Kimbrel has been maybe a little bit better from an actual pitching perspective than maybe we've given him credit for the last month. It feels like he's fallen apart. He hasn't been that bad. Like, he's given up a couple bad home runs, but I think he's been okay otherwise. But I think this, we're not talking enough about what a big issue this, this holding runners on base thing, the pitch clock thing is because, yeah, like in a regular season game, all right, just drop the ball and let the guy move over or, or take the violation or get the extra ball. Like, that just matters so much more in the playoffs where every strike, every ball matters, every base runner matters, every base matters. Like, I just don't think you can give those away in the same Well, and the Marlins were the team that uh, he was tipping against that yeah. they were all over. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was against the Marlins. Oh, yep. interesting. I, did, yeah. I forgot about that one. He had to literally take the balk. He, it's the first time in my life I've ever seen a pitcher <laughs> that was purposely take a balk. I've never seen that. It was the first time I ever saw it in my life, ever. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it, I part of me like really appreciates the bit of like this pitch clock doesn't apply to me. Like I'm going to do what I want <laughs> right. and who cares? Like I could sit in myself in that spot. I might be like, I like to be comfortable. I mean, he at least the majors in pitch clock violations. You're a reliever. <laughs> you pitch one inning, a, uh, you pitch like three innings a week and you're leading the majors in pitch clock violations. That's crazy. He, he, he does what he wants. Yeah. Anyone who's watched any of those extra innings games, it's like, oh God. Run, just give them the ride. I don't even want to yeah. see this play out. Just give them one, maybe give them two, and then the Phillies will be up here. Yeah, it's a, you know, I was looking up his numbers, James, and I was actually surprised, kind of what you just said. Post yeah. All Star, his ERA is lower than it was pre All Star. I was like, wait, yeah. am I, is my filters wrong on this? He's got a 3.09 ERA post All Star. It was 3.41 pre All Star. So that made me feel a little bit better about it. The experience of watching him. Since the All-Star break, it hasn't felt good. It's felt like there's issues every time he's out. You know, with a reliever, it's just like, do I trust this guy or do I not trust this guy? Oh, it's and he has not passed that. Oh, it's all yeah. it is. It's, ha- it's, it's You sit there and you're like, all right, how do I feel that this guy's coming in the game right now? And well, that's it. That's the whole analysis. Yeah. Well, that's like Sir Anthony. Yep. Like Sir Anthony had a stretch there where he went 14 appearances and allowed one run, and I didn't trust him once, yeah. you know? And yeah. the big difference with Sir Anthony for me the last, I don't know, uh, like four appearances is he's finally getting back to like, 99 with two seam run on it and he's not totally worried about where it's going but at least he's getting back to he's willing to give up a walk out. for a strikeout which yeah. he wasn't doing before no, he's trying to be a command yeah. guy and that's how he, he's allowing these back-breaking home runs by being a command guy yeah so we'll see we'll see how we feel when kimbrell gets in there most innings he's pitched tied for the most since 2011 that was the Is other thing right? i was gonna bring up yeah it's another yeah well, again and he's like he was 35 23 years old the man's 35 years old yeah well and uh we'll i think it was Oh, it was Destiny Legardo that tweeted it out. His uh, ERA since they instituted the Kimbrel. Oh, walk-in the Welcome thing. to the Jungle thing. Welcome yeah, jungle. four point eight. Not great. Ooh, when did they institute that? It was re- it was like a month ago. Yeah, like a month ago. Do they? No, it was, no, back, it was, it was when they thought they had like oh eight Lidge, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we got to create a, an intro for them. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's Kimbrel. All right, we'll finish with six here, and then we'll get a prediction and let you guys go. All right. A baseball genie comes down, visits you this afternoon at the beautiful WIP studios and says, I can grant you one wish here. Pick one of the Phillies everyday players, and I will guarantee you that this guy plays well in the postseason. Now you're saying, well, what does play well mean? So 
I came up with, you know, this going to be, the person's going to be play better than their career averages. So this is like a floor raiser. This is not going to be, they're guaranteeing you that whenever this thing ends, you're not going to be saying, oh my gosh, player X was killing us. I can't believe what a disaster he was. So I'm not telling you this guy's going to be the MVP, but they're going to play better than their career averages. Which everyday player in their lineup are you picking? So for me, and uh, as you're asking the question, I'm like thinking, and it, and it, I, I keep coming back to the same guy. It feels like a, for me, at least a relatively easy answer because I feel like he's the one guy who can literally become the worst hitter on the team for a week and could also get really hot. I just need Nick Castellanos to hit. I need yes. Nick to hit. The, the lineup <laughs> has been so different this year. When he's hitting, it feels like everything else goes and obviously carried the team for the first couple months. But like he has been the, I mean, we all know the, the odd even month thing he had where he was, you know, uh, like a, a thousand OPS one month, then 400, then, you know, 800. And like, he's been so streaky, like, and, and he is such a difference maker for this lineup. And I think he also is a difference maker in terms of like, I think he just gets everyone going. Like there's something about, you can even see it when they're like, there's something about Castellanos where like, he is kind of like the heart of, of getting everyone going and, and kind of the, the, the mentality and the culture on this team. And I just, I just think if Nick's going, I think the team's going to go. So I would say Nick. I'm not one to make things about me. <laughs> Trey Turner. There we go. Yep, there we go. We should have seen this coming. But yeah. I mean, like, imagine, imagine the stories if Trey goes on a run. I mean, it's going to be a lot of ovation talk. It's going to be a lot of high hopes, a lot of WIP. I mean, what did he say? I, I ripped it, but my answer was horrible. It is the correct answer, it, yes. It's yeah. obviously Trey Turner. I mean, we're brand people here, Sheil. You know, like... Yeah, that's a bad job, I mean. Trey Turner going off would do uh, wonders for, for uh, me and the station and James personally. Uh, selfishly, outside of Trey Turner, like, I just think that I love how mad Kyle Schwarber makes people. So, like, if Schwarber goes on a run, even if he's batting 150, but mm -hmm. it hits like a million home runs and keeping the debate alive... He's a fun yeah. one as well, but selfish. I expect that. I expect Schwarber. Like the 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 Cassie answer is more like I I want it more than expect. Well, the big one's also Stodder because Stodder yeah. was was cold heading into the playoffs. Um, he got three hits yesterday, which he needed. Like all of a sudden, his average was yeah. down to two seventy five. I know. It was like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. So uh, him getting going yesterday. I mean, if you remember last year heading to the World Series, he didn't, or he was good, but that he didn't get a hit in the it was World hitless. Series. Hitless, yeah. So he kind of wore down. I was worried against that was the Braves, happening. That yeah. I mean, that that was massive. That hit, you know, against Strider getting it going, like one of the biggest hits of the playoffs. Yeah, the two Don't, guys Stoddard. I wrote down are the two guys you mentioned, Castellanos and Turner. Like, Stott, I, I hear <laughs> what you're saying. I'm just going to trust him. I'm just going to trust Stott, you know, like regardless yeah. of what the numbers are, whatever he did in the previous at bat or previous game, he's up there in a big spot. I'm like, all right, I, yeah. I, I trust. He might not come through, but I feel like he's going to give me whatever he's got, not do something dumb, not, you know, strike out on three pitches. He's going to be okay. So I'm all right with Stott. Schwarber, I mean, the other, the Schwarber, get out of here. The guy's hitting bombs. The guy's going to hit bombs this postseason. Thank you. And what, the third highest OPS on the team. The guy uh, had 47 home yeah. runs and 100 hundred. Like, really? Like, is that not yeah. awesome anymore? <laughs> My whole life, 47 yeah. home runs and 100 plus RBI and 100 plus Seriously. runs has been an awesome season. Like, sorry, it's an awesome season. How do you take 47 home runs for granted? How hard is Thank it to you. 47 <laughs> Dude, I'm so with you. It's crazy. I'm so with you. Yeah. So I'm with you, uh, Trey Turner, obviously, since the, uh, he's the guy, yeah, like I don't want any slip back to like, just yeah. let, let's keep it going. I know there was a little bit here and there, but he's the other one who, if I'm, as I defined it, better than career averages. All right. We're talking about a guy who might who like carry your team. series here. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, look, he is a guy, is he, he is, 
won a World Series. He's been through these. Like, this is not new to him, yeah. which is good, too. And I just want good feelings about Castellanos. I'm with you. He's just become such a beloved guy. Right. Uh, this year with the hugs, with the blouse, with the Scooby-Doo, with the, like everything. With the him hit, on the what? top the of the step, leading the ovation with the towel. Like, that might be my single... Yeah. Like, if I had to pick one image from this season that sticks with me the most, I think the ovations are, like, the most unique thing that happened this year. And my image from that is Castellanos on the top step with the crowd waving the towel, like, super into it. Like, that, like, I'll never forget that. Mm, I think I think Kimbrel the intentional balk might be my image. Of <laughs> I will, ne- I will wrong. never forget that. It was so amazing. I love the ridiculous stuff with baseball. So yeah, those are my two. I want Castellanos post All Star two thirty five with a seven twenty three OPS each. But that's okay, Castellanos. The playoffs. <laughs> it's a new season. Get it together. Open another button up there. Let the chest hair show, and let's go win a World Series. Harper Schwarber. I know what I'm getting from those guys. I don't. You know, I don't need to uh, even talk about it. All right. Postseason predictions. Have you guys already formed these? I don't want to put you on the spot if you're not ready. No, we're, 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 a, here. we're a one game at a time yeah. kind of podcast. Yeah. You know? <laughs> don't like our words coming okay. back to, to bite us. <laughs> we do. We never make predictions. No, we like big, literally well, never. Think, do. You know, our problem is, Shield, is that we are, we are we just kind of vibe for yeah. for an hour and kind of it's all stream of consciousness. Yeah. There's no plan. Yeah. I mean, there are pods we don't yeah. even really talk about the Phillies. Yeah. I mean, and we talked honest. about the Ryder Cup on this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. talked about the Ryder Cup on this one. Yeah. Um. So predictions like. Here's my prediction. It's as simple as this. And I said this on the podcast. As, as long as they don't lose the wild card round, <laughs> they're going back to the World Series. Like, I think there's a, like, I'm more nervous about losing the wild card round than I am losing to the Braves. Like, I think they beat the Braves. The Dodgers don't scare me. And, like, what, what makes me excited <laughs> and nervous at the same time is that their path is so clear. And there's not a great AL team. There's not an Astros team like last year that was like, that team's a gauntlet. Like the Orioles, Kyle Bradish. Have you ever heard of Kyle Bradish? No. Dean Kramer. Like, like that Kyle guy? Bradish I mean, is like, great. Yeah, like Kyle Bradish has been awesome. He, like he's been great. But like <laughs> no one, like I'm not, no one's going to be afraid of him in a playoff series. As long as they don't screw up in this Marlins series, they're going back to the World Series. That's how I feel. I don't know if they're going to win it. Like that's such like a big ask, but it would be the perfect bow on top for what has been a magical, magical Philly season. It would, it, it's, it's all there. The storybook ending. Nola going on a run. The ovations for Turner. Like Harper hitting 300 and having big moments. You know, like it's it's all right there as long as they don't grow up the Marlins. Yeah, I, uh, look, I, Sheila, I know you, I've heard you do the, you know, you'll come on and, well, this was my Super Bowl pick and they're both alive. I'm going to stick with it. I picked the Phillies to win the World Series before the season started. I'm not changing now. They're here. Yeah. There are 12 teams left. Like, we're there. But to the point Jack made, like, I actually think that you know, if this run can feel like last year to a point where there are moments along the way, and obviously there were just so many moments last year that stick out that, that were special, but assuming it, it can have that type of feel, and if they can finish it off, I said this on, on our pod, and I, I truly believe it, I think if they win the World Series, it's the greatest season in the history of Philadelphia sports. When you take everything that has happened this year with coming back from almost winning it last year to the love affair between this team and this town, the ovations for Turner, that whole thing. Bryce Harper freaking shouting out Chuck from Mount Airy. Like, this, this connection. Like, I don't in my lifetime remember a team and a fan base having this sort of thing, this sort of back and forth communal, where it actually, we spent our whole lives, like, rooting for the teams, the laundry, the players. Like, it feels like they root for us, too. Like, they acknowledge us. Like, it feels like there's a real connection that I've never seen in my lifetime before 
And if this team can go on a run and win a World Series with that thing happening right now, I honestly believe it'll be the most magical season in Philadelphia sports history. That's what's on the line. That's beautiful. I mean, if you're not pumped up about that, <laughs> Delta, I mean, what are you doing? Yep. Why are you even listening to this? I mean, I'm fired up. I'm ready to get out there. Let's start this series tonight. Uh, Unless I, it's I, Nolan yeah, or Kimbrel, then you don't want to be Yeah. What, what, what did Fritz say? You said unless it's Nola or Kimbrel, then you're not fired up. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Then no. Uh, talk to me tomorrow and just tell me what happened. Uh, listen, anytime I like the Phillies, like I, like you guys have pointed out, the Eagles, I cover them and I don't care who wins or loses. The Phillies, I'm like, if they're in the playoffs and I like the team, I'm going to pick them to win the World Series. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, so I'm not going to look at it objectively. You think I know how they match up with the freaking Orioles? No, who cares? They're going to go kill the Orioles. Uh, I do think it's going to be that the theme of the season has been sort of like pain, frustration. One week they're winning it all. The next week, what this team is killing me. What are they doing? And I think if they go on a run, it's going to follow that theme. I think it's going to take three to beat the Marlins. I think it's going to take five to beat the Braves. Maybe they go seven. Uh, how about the Brewers? I'm going to throw that. And then you avenge 1983. You mentioned the Orioles. Let's just go Orioles. My birth year, 1983. You come back and you stick it to them. Seven game series and you win the World Series there. So I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, I do. I, lo I love the take, Jack, about uh, if they get past the Marlins. Because, God, I'm so <laughs> nervous about, the, <laughs> no, no. about these well, games. It's like, true. Like I said it before, but I honestly think if you like pulled Phillies fans, the <laughs> predominant winner of the team in the entire National League you want to face the least is the Marlins. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm not ready for this to be over in like. No. They're going to beat them. That they're hurts beat my heart. They're they're gonna gonna beat but here's my that. thing. Is um, that we're not going to end on that. Think no, they're going to beat them. They're Don't going to beat the Marlins. Marlins. Don't but, worry. But this we're is not scared of the Marlins. This is, how, this is how 07 was. I'm just like, this is how 07 was. When the, the Rockies came to town and it was like, bang, it was over in three days. Like, I can't have that. Right, but the Rockies were better. The Rockies were 100% way better. Yes. Don't be scared of the Marlins. We got this. That's where I'm at. I'm going to bring the, I can't watch this team and have watched him in the playoffs last year and know all the talent on this roster to be scared of, of three home games against the Marlins. I can't do it. But and the are. resilience. But I am. Yeah. But you are. Yeah, but we all are. It's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's very nerve-wracking. It's very nerve-wracking. It is true, uh, though. If they're down 6-3 in the ninth and they're down one, like, down a game, I'm still going to be like, they're totally. going to come through if they have come totally. through. They have they that belief. I don't want it to get there. Sure. Let's not let it get there. All right. Yes. Gentlemen, thank you. This has been fun as always. Get the get the plugs out. Get all the all the plugs out. Wherever you know, I did I did send you one email. At least one person emailed me and said I listened to High Hopes now because you had those guys yes. uh, on Thank your podcast. Thank you to so. you person. We love you. <laughs> that yes, guy. that guy. You. I love you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's we're, we're pretty good at pulling like one person over at a time every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. So the podcast is growing. Yeah. Beautiful thing. One day at a time. Yeah. One person at a time. One person at a time. There you go. Listen, Iops. Yeah, yeah. High Ops Podcast. Yeah. You know, WIP. High Ops Podcast. That's all you need. Check us out. There you go. High Hopes Podcast. Listen to it. The Capati family is a big fan of the High Hopes Podcast. You can listen to it on WIP. Thanks for joining me, gentlemen. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. I'll be back Tuesday night. Phillies postgame pod. Eagles preview film Wednesday. Another postgame pod Wednesday night. Phillies, what a week. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to everyone tomorrow.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.